and welcome to the Jane of All Trades podcast, a little show about a lot of things. I'm your host, Felicia York, and today I'm chatting with Simone, aka Simone G, aka Moni G, aka Mango Moni. She is such a dynamic individual. She is a creative arts therapist working with children and adolescents in a psychiatric facility in New York City. She is also a trained dancer that has done many styles, but is currently specializing in African dance. But what we talk about is her spiritual life. She is a practitioner of Lukumi, which is a Yoruba religion, and I'll let her go into more of the details with you. She's way better at it than I am. But I really enjoyed this conversation. I learned a lot, and hopefully you will too. Take a listen. So by day, you are creative arts therapist working with children, but at night, you were running to dance classes and... and Rehearsal. Rehearsing for shows and things like that. Thank you. Um, you're pulling. You're constantly pulling from a well of creativity. How do you restore what's been depleted? There's a couple of ways that I know it. Well, more than probably more than a couple, but one is that there's this concept of the more you use creativity, or like you can't run out of creativity. The more you use it, the more you have. And this quote by Maya Angelou, I probably didn't say it right, but you can look it up. But because at work, I have to constantly be creative in how I reach patients and use creative arts, I'm constantly being creative. I'm always on my toes. So that's one way that I restore it. Also, I have other creative people around me. So, you know, you see something, you're like, oh, wow, I didn't think of it that way. But also, I make sure that taking class restores my creativity because rather than me having to be the person that creates I am being fed creativity, so that's one way. I also just take breaks. I go on vacations. I, you know, unplug. I'm going to get my nails done. I'm going to get my hair done. Take naps. Mm. Read books. You know, so sometimes been doing them nothing. It's restorative enough to, you know, for me to feel like I can keep going. Right. I mean, I know this term gets overused a lot, but that sounds like self-care. Yeah, it is. It is self-care. It's, it's definitely necessary. Um, in general, but particularly as someone who's constantly in care of other people, mm. it's so important. My self-care is so important because I'm constantly holding the space for other people and their emotional and mental needs. Like, who takes care of the caretakers, basically? <laughs> so. Right, other other caretakers. It's their embalming door. It's like, I'm taking care of your child, but you have to take mm-hmm. care of me so that your child can take care of you so that mm-hmm. I can take care of your child. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. It's a revolving door. So, you know, speaking of African dance, you also practice an African religion, and it's Lukumi. Lukumi, yes. Yes, I'm sorry. I really <laughs> don't – I want to be respectful and say it properly, so – Thank you. <laughs> it's Lukumi. 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 Yes. 
Lou Kumia. How were you attracted to Lou Kumia? Well, I had friends, I want to say from like junior high school, who were practitioners, devotees. Um, and I would see, like, I had a friend in junior high school um, to become, to be crowned, to become like a high priest or priestess, you know, like a year of white. Mm-hmm. And I remember not my friend, but like meaning I think like to honor somebody, and so being like, you know, me trying to hand her something and being like, oh, you know, you can't hand me that, and like put it down on the floor, and being like, huh? And asking my friend like, yeah, what's that about? Like, what's wrong with your honor? So I think my friends were like, you know, all these like being in at the time, I thought they were like being in necklaces, and I thought they were cool. Um, like what? Like what's that about? And then you know, kind of giving me bits and pieces of information from then and then becoming more curious, like, hold on, wait a minute. So you're not Christian and you're not Muslim. Muslim? There's like this other stuff. Like I like I knew there was like Buddhism and I knew there was Hinduism and I knew about, you know, the you know, the the Abrahamic faith because, you know, you learn about those growing up, you know, the crusades and all that jazz. But I was like Wait, what? Like, like what? When? Like, what? What do you mean? Like, what? What's this other thing that I mm-hmm. I don't know about that people are not talking about? And so that piqued my curiosity, and I started to realize that I was surrounded by many people who were practitioners of this so-called faith, spiritual spiritual practice. Um, because some people say it's a religion, some people say it's a spiritual practice. You know, that's up for I want to say the practitioner. To say my my interest was there. I was always surrounded by people to the to the point that even though I just started practicing, when was that? Officially started practicing last February. People for years thought that I was because I was always interested in the information and then research on it. But I was drawn to it, and it, there were so many different people. It seemed more open minded. I I didn't say that people like forcing it down anyone's throat, um, which is my experiences with other other religions, in particular Christianity and Catholicism or Christianity. If that was my experience, and I was really like, Ugh. imagine me being drawn to it because I was curious. Um, okay. And that's really how it happened. So, I'm sorry. Just as an overview, what is Lukumi as a spiritual practice? So, Lukumi, when the Yoruba people from Mabot, from Nigeria and then enslaved. The ones that went into Cuba managed to maintain their practices, um, which are is the use or, you know, devotion to Orisha, which are people say deities, but they're more so like entities than names um, of nature. Uh, people's characters, characteristics, and they maintained it even through, you know, the slavery. And because of because of unavailability of well, some of like the resources or like the sites where worship would happen, it transformed here in the West into what is known as Lukumi. And Puerto Rico and other places in Latin America is known as Santeria because what they did was they took the Orishas. And they hid them under saints. Right. So they okay. would pray to saints, but they would actually be praying to Orisha. Because, you know, all the, you know, the Catholic colonizers were like, mm-hmm. oh, no, no, no. You cannot be praying to those 
you know, those those idols, because, you know, to them it was idols. You can't, this, no, 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 this is not okay. So they were like, yeah, uh, sure, we won't do it anymore. <laughs> and they continued to do it in secrecy, or they hid it. They hid it in the open, but, you know, the Spanish colonizers, they didn't know what was going on. I just had two random thoughts. So mm-hmm. there was a book by Colin Tanner, and I can't remember the name of it. I'll look it up and I'll send it to you later. But he was, was the in the Colin Tanner. Hmm. Okay. He has it's a fiction book, um, a fiction novel, but it, he has really beautiful writing. It's like poetry. But in mm-hmm. the end of his book, it's kind of like science fiction or fantasy. The, the main character has transcended to be, you know, one of the ancestors. And his main question was to the Orishas, why did you let slavery happen? And they said the white man had Jesus, and he sounded more powerful than than we did. So Mm -hmm. kind of like that. (laughs) That's why we didn't want to fight him or something. It was just kind of interesting. Which I don't know if anyone would really agree with that take. It's mm-hmm. going to be, I hope it's not offensive to you. But it was just no, not that was an interesting way of looking at things. I don't know. Um, but when I find it, I will send it to you. I'll put it in show notes, too, if anyone wants to read it. I think that's the main thing whenever anyone talks about religion. It's like, well, what about slavery? What if they let that happen? It's kind of like yeah. no one has an answer for that. You know, no. sometimes people just do bad things. Yeah, and I I appreciate that about uh, Lukumi and Arisha is that um, people have choices and they choose which path to take. And so, you know, depending on the story of slavery, you believe, or you, you know, I, I won't say believe, but, you know, there is, the theory and, and proven that many of like the village chiefs sold a people out. Mhm. So you know people are corrupt. Yes. It, it wasn't necessarily like the Orisha allowed it to happen, but that someone who was on Earth who had tangible immediate power allowed for something to happen because of his his own character flaw. His mm-hmm. are their own character flaw. And to some people you may who may answer that question, they may, may say, Well, Arisha managed to survive. Mm. So the people who believe you know, people who believed or whatever were able to even you know, despite what was happening, were able to keep Arisha alive. Right. Yeah. That's a an interesting way of, of looking at it as well. Um, the other thing I was going to mention, have you ever seen this documentary? It's on um, Amazon Prime. It's called The United States of Hoodoo. No, I'm going to look that up right now. Where's my Amazon Prime now? <laughs> um. Yeah, so um, there's an author. I know that for sure. He, his, his father oh. died, and he goes to his dad's house, and there's all these African maps. And then mm-hmm. he kind of wants to find the background behind them, and it's connected to Lukumi. Lukumi. Mm-hmm. Lukumi. <laughs> Sorry. And so he goes to um, New Orleans, and his friend practices it, 
And they talk about Centria and they talk about Lukumi, and it's really interesting. No, I don't know this one. I'm going to look this up. I know they they had a bunch of people in Brooklyn, and it was Mm -hmm. just so good to see home. And one of, I don't know, it was just good to see home. I don't watch anything that has uh, (laughs) New York in it. Right. But, yeah, let me know what you think about it. I'm I'm curious. I want to watch. Yeah, let me watch. I want to watch that. So do you think that someone could have the spiritual practice of um, Lukumi and an Abrahamic religion at the same time or not really? So we we venerate um, and honor our ancestors. So we, and for people who don't know what venerate means, I mean, we have the utmost respect for our ancestors. We almost kind of like have to build either build or rebuild our relationship with our ancestors, really find and research about what we come from. And there are, in some cases, because I have, um, I do, I have a god sister who herself um, does so because pretty much she is required to ask, my, ask her her ancestors. And then she still goes to church. And I, and I also, you know, there are, I, I know people who are like is Muslim definitely still like honors like Ramadan and but practices Lukumi. So it is possible. It's not necessarily like I won't say it's not advised or, you know, advised again. But it does happen, but it really depends on the spiritual needs of the individual. Mhm. And fortunately there's, you know, as I say, many you know, more than one way to skin a cat or in this case more than one way to connect with God. So mm-hmm. some people, some people need to go in for many ways. Like I'm going to talk to Arisha, hopefully they can act on my behalf of my ancestors. But then I'm going to go talk to Jesus because <laughs> uh, I'm going to need Jesus on my side as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's possible. I mean, from that standpoint, I think from um, the Abrahamic standpoint, you know, there's no one else but, but God, you know. Mm-hmm. But in my in my head, I'm just like, you know, I think we're all praying to the same entity or the same deity, if you want to say it like that. Mm-hmm. And we're just fighting over what they're called. Unfortunately, people who, who don't know or they see that, you know, people who honor Orisha or are devoted to Orisha think it's like polytheistic, mm-hmm. and it's not. We do have God. And even if you go to Nigeria... The same word that they use in Yoruba land for God, the Christians use for God when they say in the Yoruba. It's the same word that people who practice Isheshe, which is what they call Orisha worship in in Yoruba, call God. And that's Aludamari. The same word. It's God. You say God. There is God, and that's it. Now we may break down God and say, like, God in heaven, God on earth. You know, when it's all God. It's very interesting. I think people who, you know, kind of ignorantly say that you can't practice that because it's it's the devil or whatever, it's just because they don't understand. No one's ever explained it to them or they've never looked it up to really, really get a true understanding of what it is. 
show, too. And, you know, unfortunately, people have been television and media and, you know, books have painted traditional practices and as to some kind of like, you know, satanic cult type stuff. Like, oh, my God, they killed the goat. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, okay. Oh, my God. Blood means, you know, devil worship. Mm-hmm. How that came out, I don't know. Because if you look at, what's that? One of, one of the books in the Bible was it Exodus? Where, and I'm, don't give me the lie. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not saying, y'all remember. But anyway, in a part of the Bible, when the, the Jewish people in the village, the plague was coming, and God told Moses to tell the people to paint the door red, mm-hmm. that's blood. Mm-hmm. They're using blood as protection to to honor God. And while there, you know, there's use of these things and these elements that are in the Bible, um, which becomes an argument because I, not myself personally, but many of my elders and even some of my God siblings who were, you know, Christian and studying the Bible would be like, hold up, wait a minute. You want to break this down? And they can be like, everything you think is already in the Bible. Mm-hmm. But even me to believe that the way that we're practicing it is like of the devil. But, you know, that people say that's a colonizer mindset, you know, mean to hate your own kind of thing. I try to say it out, have those conversations, but, you know, it comes from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I was thinking that and just kind of like, uh, my mom is a pastor, and I'm just hearing her voice in my head. <laughs> and that, it's like, well, that's Old Testament, and Jesus was supposed to be the last blood sacrifice, and and all that stuff. Right. But I don't know where I'm going to get into into deep right. with that. But basically, yeah. Google is free. The internet is free for right now. Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, if you have questions, pretty much about anything under the sun, you can look it up. But, yeah. I mean, and saying that and also knowing that there's a lot of misinformation, but I think also in popular culture, I just think about um, Azalea Banks with her um, chicken blood in the closet. It just, it doesn't have good PR. <laughs> oh, I don't know. What's that? What? <laughs> so Azalea Banks, you, she's like a rapper. A no, I know rapper. she is, but I don't know what oh. she's talking about. <laughs> So she did, she had like an IG live or something like that. And she said that she practices Santeria and she had, she kept dead chickens in the closet and was using their blood to hex her enemies. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. So it could be that she actually does that. I don't know. Or it could just be that she's also being ignorant. And is using these misconceptions to kind of perpetuate this idea. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll mostly touch on that because uh, that's like a whole rabbit hole. So, okay. <laughs> witches or women of the night are like a whole other, like, we'll call it like community, mm-hmm. right? Um, they are kind of like revered and feared at the same time. However, using using something to cause ill will on somebody, I, I'll, I'll say it's not necessarily of Orisha, and I say that mostly because technically I'm a baby um, mm-hmm. in the world of Orisha. But from what I know and what I've been taught is that 
when people say that, the the majority of the community side eyes them. Mm, okay. And I'll see them there. But be like, hey, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Who is that? Who is that? Who? Who is that Elvis? Mm. And and sometimes like no wonder or that's why because you ain't got no Elvis. You ain't got for Google. That's your problem. So yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I just feel like you should not play with your ancestors. You should not play with spirit at all because you don't know what you're opening up and how also, it comes back on you. Also, this other thing is that many, not all, but many of the things that are done for Orisha and that you're taught to do is done in private. Mm. So there are things that I can talk about, mm-hmm. or the thing, but there are things that the general public can't see because they're not supposed to see. Um, okay. So, you know, her saying stuff like that, it's kind of like, you know, so receive side eyes because it's like, if you knew better, if you were actually about it, you wouldn't be talking about it. Okay. That makes sense. And that's the other thing. Yeah. It's kind of like, if this was, if you were like, uh, if you were Santero, like, you wouldn't be like, oh, I'm putting hexes on people. Mm. You, wouldn't, you wouldn't talk about it. One, you wouldn't be doing it. And two, you wouldn't be talking about it. Yeah. Which this says a lot about, like, the person. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm like, man. All the way around. I mean, not even like being outside of the spiritual practice. It's just like, uh, okay, why do you want to yeah. do <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, like, even even like the Buhas and the witches and the Ajays that I know, Ajay is like a, a term for like witch in Yoruba. The ones that I know, they, when you appease to them for work to be done, mm-hmm. whatever the work they do happens in pride. Okay. You ask them the questions you need to ask them. You go to them, even when you go to like an Omia woman or an Omia man, you go to them with a the problem, they do what they do, and that's that. They not publicize them what they do. You have to like learn from them. And probably you're like apprentice and you learn, but you're not, you know, I'm like, oh, yes, I use lunch to put hexes on people. Okay. No, because anybody, anybody can. And that's, not, and that's not the case. So, yeah. All right. Well, that's. <laughs> Very interesting. Thanks for sharing that. Um, I knew something was off, but I wasn't, you know, it was just the first thing that I thought about, just kind of like how people can take something that's already out there and just kind of make it worse. Right. And then and then stuff like that makes it worse for the open, open-minded conversations that can happen between people who practice these faiths and spiritual practices that are outside the Abrahamic faiths. And people who are inside practicing these Abrahamic things. Um, mm-hmm. People go, oh, wait a minute. Don't y'all use blood and feathers and mm-mm. no, no, no. Um, that's the devil. The lady with um, the honeypot who owns honeypot, and she said she practices Santeria. And there were all mm-hmm. these black women that were just like, oh, we can't, we can't use her products in our private areas because she's a devil worshiper. And it's like, what? Right. 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 <sighs> all right. And not, and not to say there are, like, bad minded people who practice, you know, Lukumi or, you know, Santeria. Just like there are bad minded people who practice every other thing. It really depends on the person. And mm-hmm. if the person is making a, a product or providing you with a product with the intent to help you, 
And that's what the product is for. So, I mean, okay, going on that vein, mm-hmm. with the ancestors that you do revere, is mm-hmm. it just how do you – I'm just thinking about it as myself, like, my parents have both passed away while I was very young, and because of that, I'm estranged. I'm estranged from my biological family in a lot of ways. So if I wanted to, you know, practice Lukumi, how would I find my ancestors in order to revere them? The first, one of the first steps towards practicing Lukumi is you seek out. Sometimes, it, and I say seek out very loosely because sometimes it happens that you guys find each other. So you seek out grand, godparents, um, and the god, your godparents are the first people or the person who helps guide you through everything. They teach you, they guide you. Um, so that's the first step. And then you, through through your godparents, you learn how to, you know, build an altar. You are taught prayers. You are souls and pretty much like speak, like speak out loud to your ancestors and really kind of start to like listen. And the listening is, I don't want to sound too like, ooh. The listening happens in like internal and external at the same time. So you may have like these thoughts or these ideas or these things where you're like, but that's not not, that's not my own. And you're like, wait a minute, wait, what? These are my thoughts. Oh, you guys are talking back. Oh, that's what's up. Um, hmm. or like getting in touch with like nature and realizing that like sometimes they'll use nature to try to like have some like a conversation with you. Everyone's you know we learned that like all your ancestors are good. You ain't gotta have conversation with all of them, but you build this kind of like understanding of who they are and the strengths or the skills that they had that you can kind of pull from because they're part of you. Hmm. Yeah. That sounds very beautiful. I mean, as someone, like I said, with, with deceased parents and, and feeling estranged from that, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's kind of like you're untethered in a lot of ways. That yeah. sounds almost hopeful. Well, not yeah. almost. That sounds hopeful. Yeah. They're not gone forever. They're just waiting for you to speak to them so that they can speak back. Mm-hmm. Once again, I would like to thank Simone for joining me today. She's amazing, (laughs) y'all. That's all I can say. If you liked Simone, stay tuned for next week. We have a bonus feature where we talk more about her dancing career and a little something extra, a little bit about mangoes. That's right. If you don't know how amazing mangoes are, Definitely tune in next week, but also you should follow Simone at C Moni Live. That's S E E M O N I E L I V E, and also at Mango underscore Moni, and that's both on Instagram. If you also like what you've heard, please comment, rate, subscribe wherever you're hearing my voice now. It really makes a difference. Also, follow me on Instagram at Jane of All Trades Pod. If you want to be featured on the show or you have a question, email me at Jane of All Trades Pod at gmail.com. Until next time. Mm-hmm.